Welcome to The Hunt, stories from Monster Hunter, where you can sharpen up on your Monster Hunter skills. We discuss Monster Hunter games inside and out, focusing on Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. And here are the hosts, Phil Willis and Michael Abbs. And that's right, you are listening to the very, 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 very first chapter of The Hunt, stories from Monster World. I am Phil Willis, and this is the one, the only, Mr. Michael Abbs. How's it going, Phil? It's going, especially if I keep my mic off of mute. It's going. <laughs> it's going. What a splendid start. Yeah, yeah, we're just taking right off here and stuff, and, and we're talking... To, so, 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 what is this Hunt Stories for Monster Hunter? Is this Monster Hunter Stories, Mike? Sure, yes, we're going to talk about the wonderful Pokemon-ish clone in the Monster Hunter series. That's that's what we're here for, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> or or this could be uh, a new dialogue where we discuss our adventures, impart strategies, and tips to you interested RP gamers who want to find out more ways to turn a terrifying beast into fashionable armor and weapons. Indeed. And it's, it's there isn't a better time than right now, thanks to Monster Hunter World, which finally, finally, gloriously brought Monster Hunter to the Western masses. I, I've got friends who never even heard of Monster Hunter before playing Monster Hunter World. Yeah, one of my best friends who I, I have probably tried to talk up Monster Hunter to on many occasions uh, picked it up without any prompting from me. It's, it's something else. I mean, even friends who would normally just play, like, first-person shooters or Assassin's Creed games and the such, uh, who, you know, on paper would just be scared away by the level of depth found in a Monster Hunter game, are, are actually coming to it in droves. Yeah, and I mean, I sounded kind of bitter there, I'm sure, but I'm actually quite overjoyed that this has finally happened. And, um... I'm sure, uh, and I hope that many people will go back and check out some of the older games. Yeah, and 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 we we Mike and I may also have this alternative motive of um, ulterior ulterior motive of of, <laughs> of convincing y'all, list, those of you listening, that this uh, that Monster Hunter World is essentially a gateway drug into Monster Hunter Four Ultimate. Yes, the best of all monster hunters. Indeed. So, uh, a, a couple of things. I was, we're going to keep this show focused, unlike, I don't know, our other podcast that we do. <laughs> uh, Mike and I have both been uh, occasionally accused of having really long podcasts, and I don't know why. No. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but this one, uh, you know, the, the, so this is not really a podcast per se, but this is just us sharing our experiences. Uh, we're going to be telling our stories for Monster Hunter and sharing the tips and the such. Uh, as such, we're not even saying this is episode one and two. It's more like I'll say this is chapter one because this is our, our story and it will have a beginning, a middle and an end. Uh, but each chapter will be focused. Uh, and so we should be able to shoot through each one in about 60 minutes. Yep. Uh, so you'll have no insane four-hour-long shows. <laughs> Unless, of uh, course, you decide to listen to, like, like the first four chapters all in a row. Then it will seem like one of our normal podcasts. Yes. <laughs> which we may plug here at the end. But we are on a timetable, so we're going to go ahead and let you... We're going to take one quick little break, and we're going to be right back. new 
show, we have a format and we have segments and they are very focused segments. And our first segment after our introductions is called the Assigned Quest. We're in the Assigned Quest. Mike and I discuss uh, what we did, uh, what we did together, we, what we did apart. Are yeah. we doing homework? <laughs> no. Yeah. Did you get Did you get your homework done, young man? I told you to go kill that great jaggy. Did you do it? Man, I killed great jaggies in my sleep. Hey, that's right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so this week, uh, Mike and I, now we should be fair. I guess we should have said this during the introduction that Mike and I, so we both love Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Uh, but we also dabble in some of the other Monster Hunters. Uh, Mike, you're just all over the place. Uh, yeah, I have played basically at least a tad bit of all the games. And I'm putting I'm putting significant time into Monster Hunter Three Ultimate as well as you know four and staying on top of the the new stuff that's rolling out with World. So we stay pretty busy, but there is uh, but we did do something in common this week, right? Yes, we did. We we fought. I, I believe its official name was Cotton Candy with Legs. Yeah, that it, that sounds super official. Was it, wasn't that its official name? <laughs> uh, I think it was a purple ludroth ludroth really because i'm reading the notes here it says mike and Phil's story about fighting cotton candy the notes right, can't possibly be wrong so we we found out that that the multiplayer in monster hunter 3 does still indeed work yes <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> which for uh, for the record you really gotta do that on the wii u version because that's not a 3ds thing right yeah it's not a 3ds thing if you for some reason don't have both and don't want to buy like the three, the Wii U version of Monster Hunter 3 you can there is an app uh, I guess you call it an app that you can download on uh, the Wii U that will allow you to play online with the 3DS version even though you don't own the Wii U version uh, I think it basically like connects you to like the lobby screen you would see in the Wii U version of the game and then you, you connect via your 3DS and off you go okay well, so 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 we went in and fought this basically what looks like a great jaggy that's very pink. That's the way it came across to me, yep. like a great jaggy from Monster Hunter World, just pink and, yep. and spits poison. Yes. So the original version of this, uh, I believe, I forget the name of the ailment, but it it's the one where it like causes your stand, stamina meter to change to blue, and then it doesn't increase as fast as normal. Um, I think that's isn't that just good old fashioned water blight? Yes, water blight. Thank you. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Pumpkin here. He likes to poison. You want to run in with some antidotes and stuff. And 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 we did uh, we did arena. So that was kind of interesting because being that I'm a lot newer to the game, my my normal weapon would be just completely eclipsed by the glowing shiny armor that Mister Apps normally wears to these things. Yeah, I, I missed my shiny armor there, and I didn't even realize what I was getting into when I picked the arena quest. I was just like, I just want to fight a monster and not like. Uh, and not have to uh, go through the trouble of hunting him down. I just want to be dropped in an arena and fight fight the thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so just like Monster Hunter World, the arena though makes you pick yep. one of several different pre 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 chosen weapons and armor uh, to see how fast you can beat Pumpkin, so that your time can go up on the world board. Yep, and uh, there are, I believe. It, they might not start until G rank, but there are actual like normal quests where you you do just fight a monster in a, like a little arena and don't actually hunt it hunt it down. So that's why I was a little confused there, because uh, I thought it was the same thing. But yeah. nope. Uh, and, and, and 
and and and we 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 only died once. Yeah, that's I, yeah, that's true. And uh, you know, those those arena things are really a cool way for people of varying uh, varying uh, HR levels in the game to kind of get together and fight some stuff without you know without having to grind all the way up to the same level or for like a higher level player having to go back and kind of redo some older stuff. So. Yeah, it's a really cool way that even if you didn't want to, if you wanted to jump in with us, but you didn't want to like spend a lot of time Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate grinding up your weapons and armor and stuff to the highest ranks, you could come and join us for a quick arena. Yeah, it's good stuff. Just a, just a, um, yeah, so big, big purple guy died by our hand. We carved him in little bits of pieces. (laughs) I, I didn't actually go and run to the blacksmith to see if I could turn him into pink armor, though. I bet you can. Yeah. Now I kind of want to go back and make that just for the heck of it. So, so I understand you had an exciting time though in Monster Hunter Four Ultimate. Oh no! With our good friend Jipseros, but not just uh, any Jipseros. Since we're talking color variations, no, I understand you fought version. purple. Yeah. yeah. So, so how is purple different than a good old? I mean, I fight Jipseros all the time yeah. in investigations. They're cute. They're like pookie pookie on steroids. So a bit of preface, I reviewed Monster Hunter 4 back in the day, and um, um, first world problems, I have more than one 3DS, so um, I loved the game so much, I didn't want it restricted to only one 3DS, so I had to start the game over from scratch, from a cart copy. So I played through the single player of that game twice, and by the end of that, I was a little burnt out, and... You know, it took until Monster Hunter World coming out for me to kind of go back to it and try and do some of the high rank stuff. So this is kind of where that le- where you know I led me up to this. So I was have started the high rank quests and you know it was like ah oh, purple Gipseros or whatever it doesn't seem too hard. Uh, so I went looked up its weakness, weak to fire. I uh, had a switch axe with the fire element, so I went in with that, you know? It's like an easy fight, right? Right? Well, yeah, he's just a cute little guy. He kind of bobbles yeah. his head around, spits some poison out, something like that, right? Flashes once in a while. Uh, I, I said he was like Pookie Pookie. Mm-hmm. I really should mean he's Pookie Pookie meets uh, Titty whatever, to whatever, the, the flashing one from Monster Hunter yeah. World that you don't really care about because he's just barely a speed bump. Yeah, so the normal version of this, like you said, one of its attacks is it does this flash thing where it, like, claps its claws together makes a blinding light and if you aren't blocking or far enough away then it will make you dizzy and then it can get some attacks in so as it turns out the purple version of this does that attack like constantly like i i don't know how much i can emphasize how often this thing does it and in addition to that the purple part of it is that it is now um affiliated with the poison ailment so it will bl- it will make you dizzy with this attack, spit poison on you, and then by the time you have removed the poison and um, healed yourself up, he is doing the flashing attack again and spitting poison on you again. So, so he's well. The, and to be fair, the the normal one spits poison, but uh, that just the, the fact that he's flashing you so frequently and then actually following up with yeah. it makes, makes well, him sound I, like a real party party uh, person, party animal. I, I think the other thing is it it's like the higher level version of poison. I forget what it's called. It's like toxic toxin or something. So nah. your health decreases a lot faster. Uh, but yeah, so you know, picking a switch axe meant I couldn't block. So I didn't really have a way to to um, 
kind of counteract that and you being that it uses it so often um uh, i just like had i could do nothing i got a lot of lad managed to get some damage in and last for a while but eventually it just wiped three times and that was it now, it sounds like something that you might need to farm up some anti-poison, you know, that blocks poison altogether or, or or negate that flash deal. Yeah, I think I think that's the big thing is you need to go in probably – you need to either have – I believe there's a skill you can get that makes you immune to it. So I think you either need that or you really need something where you can block and not get hit by that because it's just – I really cannot emphasize how often the damn thing does it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I had a little bit of a fun time with Mr. Nurgigante. Now, in Monster Hunter World, uh, I've, I've, so a little background here is I've beat the game and uh, I'm just now piddling around with tempered monsters here and there doing the weekly stuff, but occasionally friends will be on. And I was working on a Nurgy set and my friends are like, yeah, we're bored. We'll help you with that Nurgy, Nurgy, whatever. Nurgy. Ah, oh, he's a pushover. Not even going to fight, you know, we weren't even fighting tempered Nurgigante. Just good old-fashioned, straight-up, vanilla Nurgigante. So, uh, we were, you know, we got through the first phase, the second phase, the third phase. And, you know, if you know him, he does these, he'll jump in the air to do these dive bomb attacks. You gotta roll out of the way. And, and, and if you know how I play, and your guys are going to hear this over and over again as we talk uh, through various different stories over the different chapters, is I tend to focus more on prepper gear and preparation uh, rather than learning actually how to get good. There's a way to roll away from that power dive <laughs> that, that if you do it right, you won't take any damage. But I generally will just, uh, you know, I made sure I, I geared up the first time I fought him and brought lots of healing stuff, and that's what got me through. Uh, nowadays i've got so many armor spheres popped into my armor that usually a, a single dive bomb especially with non-tempered version doesn't pose that much of a threat what was really funny though is we're all smack talking nergigante you know some of us might have been drinking kind of saying yeah who's <laughs> who's kicking your ass now nergy and all of a sudden you know he go you know we got him into that final phase we put the bombs around his head we're doing the smack like hey it's time for your wake-up call you know Hit the hit the bombs, blow them up for thousands of damage. He gets up, he gets all pissed, starts crashing through the walls, and uh, you know another power dive. You know we get through, and then we're whacking on him. Jumps up in the air, power bombs. All of a sudden, it's mission failed screen, <laughs> and and it, there was silence, silence wow. on the headphones for a solid twenty seconds because you know in order to lose a mission, normally you got to have three cards in the party three times where people have ko'd right so that can be one person ko'd three times or in this particular example it could be all three of us being ko'd in one fell swoop i and i, I don't think i've ever seen that happen no, that's impressive that, that should be an achievement i was half expecting <laughs> my playstation to come up with at least a silver uh, a silver trophy saying you know something about get off my lawn with a picture of nerjagani's face um so yeah that should definitely be an achievement and and i mean normally when when you card and you fail a mission there's always some pressure to blame somebody whoever died the most or whatever um but but here it's like everyone failed at the same time we could do nothing but laugh and that's what we did we just we just laughed our asses off uh for a good 10 minutes that was that was a classic monster hunter world moment nice very nice <laughs> tell you some great there's some crazy times still to be had in monster hunter world <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a very good game. Um, I think uh, 
you know, they've got a solid engine, and it's only up from here, in my opinion. Right, and in the meantime, as as Mike and I have discussed before, I feel like that you know, compared to the older games, of course, the the roster of Monster Hunter World is a bit on the light side. So that's where we're going back to Monster Hunter for Ultimate. And if you're interested in joining us and perhaps becoming part of the story that we're telling every week on or every two we record this on the assigned quest, then then just keep an eye on my Twitter because I'll usually you know tweet out when I'm about to get on to Monster Hunter for. Uh, for multiplayer purpose so uh and you can come join us if you want. you can see all the glowing armor apps has yes it glows it's pretty sweet well i think uh i think it's about time for us to to head into an investigation mr apps so i believe so we'll take a tiny break and we'll be right back That roar you heard was a gigantic monster that we are hot on the heels of. That means we're ready for an investigation. So in the investigation section, or is it investigation section, Mr. Abs and I investigate a monster for you guys. We, we find the toughest, roughest monsters out there. Typically those that are creating roadblocks for new play, you know, as you're playing through, we're going to start with Monster Hunter World because that's the game everyone's into right now. Uh, obviously the first monster you fight there, Great Jaggy, not much of a threat. Nope. <laughs> Just, Nope, he just rolls over and dies for you. Even Pookie Pookie, not really a big deal. But I, I yeah, it's, as long as you can deal with the poison, not a big deal. Yeah, deal with the poison, or just don't get hit by the poison. Which uh, what's what's the actually, other? Toby is pretty easy too. Toby, yeah, Toby, Tobster, he's pretty cute. But the one monster that uh, that seemed to be kind of like that first stumbling block for a lot of players, Anjanath. Anjanath. Yep. Yep. Usually the big ones are the stumbling block for most people. The, the usually, u- usually it's like a Rathian, but uh, those don't even come until even later in this one. Anjanath is a wyvern resembling kind of like a Tyrannosaurus had a baby with a vulture. He's got this big hair and stuff on his back. Kind of reminds me of the shoulders of a, a vulture. Yeah. It's usually pink in color uh and uh looks just like a big t-rex with big huge fangs and the such another thing that kind of makes it differ from a t-rex is it's got a bit of a nasal problem mr apps <laughs> yeah he's got a couple of dorsal sails which flare out on the occasion when he's really trying to sniff you out yeah, I forgot about those. I don't think I've fought this one too many times. Oh yeah, well, good old Angie, man. And I tell you, the, the funny, yeah. the, the funny thing about Pumpkin is, is one of the one of the different mechanics in Monster Hunter World is now you got a bit of stealth, right? You can hide in the grass, you can heal yep. yourself up, or or wait for the right moment to jump on your prey. Uh, but Anjanath isn't fooled because he'll get his his nose will just blow up really big. These little things will come out of the top of his nose. You can't miss him. He'll sniff the air. He'll come right for you. You don't care. Uh, nope. On top of that, he'll detect you. Am I? And I'm not scientific about this, but I just feel like he detects me further away than than other monsters again because that sniffing mechanic. Uh, yeah, he's he's super super cute. He attacks you with his powerful jaws, ramming his body into you. Sometimes ramming his jaws with the weight of his body into you. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then there's that good old fashioned fire breath he has because every other monster in Monster Hunter World breathes fire. Yep. <laughs> like they couldn't have this guy. It's a new monster. They couldn't have him breathe thunder or ice or anything. Uh, no, nope. we're gonna make him just like the. 13 variations of wyverns that are in the game uh, and Rathians and Rathaloses and have him breathe fire. But that's what he does. He will breathe fire. 
for some so some people this 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 guy can be a bit of a problem i know in playing the demo with one of my friends now when you play multiplayer the monsters get two and a half times more hit points this guy was a pain you're stuck with the beginning whatever they give you this guy was a pain in the butt and there was numerous times where the clock beat us or he beat us i see i found this guy pretty easy <laughs> well of course you're an expert okay but this show is also for new people apps yeah i know i know i know all right so, so being uh, being the new player perspective i can tell you what i did because sure. while apps got good Phil Gaki, okay, and that's what I do. So his his main element is is fire. So you're gonna want to look up. Uh, you want to get some some early armor that has some good fire resistance. I guess I could have researched that first because I don't remember exactly what I wore against him. I just remember from my options that you had before, like the great jaggy pookie pookie whatever. I farmed up a set that had the best fire resistance. Uh, plus, you've also got several leather options at that point and some ore options to make like plate armor and the such. And, but uh, the other big part of his damage, of course, is just his physical attacks. And for that, yeah. you're going to want some armor spheres. And you're going to want to pump up some armor spheres. Now, I know a lot of people who play this game, they like hoard their armor spheres. And I don't know why. Uh, you're going to get better armor spheres down the road. And these early armor spheres are primarily designed to help you with early level armor, just like this. So I pumped some armor spheres into it and made a lot of potion. And that's how I took them. That's, that's definitely a good way to do it. Uh, for me, I think, uh, see, I don't think I fought, fought this guy until after I, uh, was dealing with the ice guy whose name I cannot remember for you, you whatever had, reason. You had to fight Angie at least once before you got to ice guy. Okay. So he's I part of the maybe, story. I think maybe, uh, you guys helped me in a multiplayer match. and just ah, We just cleared yeah, just yeah. got him out of the way. That's actually not. That's actually the prime piece of advice that comes with any of these missions. If you're stuck, just get your friends to help you out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but I think the way I took him down pretty easy was um, primarily going with the charge blades, something with good defense, and um, you really want to take advantage of his size because um, uh, obviously it's a big thing. You want to try and stay on the side of him, stay behind him whenever you can. And you know, just get in as many hits as you can, and uh, um, block and uh, pay special attention to his patterns. For a big monster like this, it's very want to learn how he moves. Um, look for the tells for his different attacks, things like that. And you know, eventually you should be able to just take him down pretty easy. He has a really killer uh, fire breath, like a supernova. Godzilla-like blast that he does. There's yeah. numerous tells that happen before he does that. His nails, n- nasal will flare up. There'll be flames coming out of his mouth. The wing, he has these wings that spread out of nowhere. These little wings, they don't actually help him fly or anything. They're just there for looks. Um, but yeah. but when, when, you know, when he's got that heightened aggression mode going on, those things are up. And that's where you have to be really on the, um, be, be careful that he's about to blast you with lava. It's just it's just evil well maybe it's not lava but it feels like lava it hits like lava yeah. uh and it can it can ko uh, a character who has low fire resistance or negative fire resistance uh it can set you on fire as well and if you've got if you're on fire that's called fire blight you will burn you'll lose hit points continuously similar to poison you could put out that fire by rolling around in water or just rolling around like three times we'll actually put it out stop drop and roll mike stop drop and yep. roll Another little tidbit that not everybody knows. 
is that when those wings are out, they are actually very weak, as well as his face. But the but the wings is a surprise to a lot of people. They're yeah. a little bit hard to reach with a melee weapon, but if you are using uh, a ranged weapon or you can get up in the air with something like an insect glaive, uh, you can get some good hits in on that stuff. Big damage. Yep. Big numbers. Yep. Um, I think the other thing to consider here is if you are going to use a weapon without blocking the important thing like a, even with the blocking weapon is you gotta you just have to keep moving keep mobile um and try to stay out of range of attacks especially especially you know even if you know how to deal with being on fire it's important to try and avoid that as much as you can because it's not good it surprises me it surprises me you know you mentioned um you know, if you're using a weapon that doesn't block, and I, I'm I'm really surprised at how many new players are like, oh yeah, these twin swords are really cool. I'm just gonna go in with this very dodging weapon, and then when they hit something hard like a Diablos or an Anjanath, they they totally forget about staying on the move. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you, yeah, yeah. I, I and I often, if you're a new player, hey, don't hesitate to try different weapons as you're playing this game. Uh, and and feel free if you're dealing with something that's hitting you a lot and and you just can't seem to get a word in edgewise or an offense going to try something like the uh, the the sword and shield or the charge blade or the lance uh, that gives you a blocking button and see see if you don't like that style a little bit more. Yeah, it's, now, that's that's one of the important um, not completely relevant here, but just I think a tip will probably repeat repeat many times. Try many different weapons. Yeah. Even if you like the one you're using, just try give them all a try because they all have different things to offer. Right. There's there's a reason why there's 14 weapons in a game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It isn't so you get stuck with one. The uh, I I know there's some people that that can master everything using the hunting horn for and God bless their hearts because that's a <laughs> that's a tough weapon to solo everything in the game with. But so, I know somewhere out there some hardcore monster hunter person has done it. Uh, you're not talking to that person, so yeah. or listening to that person. I guess your eyes aren't talking to us. Uh, not speaking for Mr. Oz, but for me, I use the right tool for the job. I have my favorite, and if you look at my statistics at Monster Hunter World, but um, but there's those fallbacks I go to when I'm dealing with tougher monsters that that I'm just not as good at dodging. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. I think we I think we will spend some time in the series as well going through how to use some of these weapons because uh, you know I remember one of the interactions I had recently I, I forget where it was some it was um so recording another podcast uh, somebody was talking about how they couldn't get into to uh, Monster Hunter World and they were talking about using the charge blade and I'm like well did you know you could do like this super charge up attack. And you can charge up your shield, and then they had no idea. So there's a lot of nuance to the weapons that are never really fully explained, and it will probably behoove us to share some of that information. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell y'all too. Uh, when I was going through some of these games, that uh, there's a lot of YouTube videos. Gadget Hunter does a number of them. Acris or Agalos, he does a number, um, and it's fun to watch those. And even if I think I know a weapon, I'll go back and watch them again because there's always something I missed. There's always yep. something I can learn. These weapons are deep in this game. His elemental weakness is water. If you happen to have a water weapon, you'll do slightly more damage with that. He, yes. uh, he is uh, okay with thunder and ice, so I use thunder a lot, and that works just fine with him. Uh, I, not- think, I, I think with water, there's that... do not remember the name of it. I'm just going to call it the watery thingy you fight in the desert area. 
that you could use to uh, get enough materials to make a good water weapon. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he's not weak to dragon, and he's immune to fire. Uh, when it comes to status, uh, you know, ailments, uh, he's a bit strong to the blast status ailment, but uh, fairly vulnerable to the rest of them, and I poison him on a regular basis. Uh, big old poison just dripping out of his jaws. It's great. <laughs> so I generally take poison. Uh, you know, poison is just, you'd be surprised on how many different things poison works on in this game. and pretty sick. Uh, so, yeah. So that's uh, that's that's Angie. And g- give it a shot. And if you're having problems with Angie, you can always reach out to us on Twitter and yeah. and say, hey, I'm having some problems. Why don't you guys help me take down Angie? We'll jump in and help you out. So he's just a big purple baby. <laughs> just really, you got this. Well, we're going to take a a tiny little break, and we'll be right back with our next segment. And that bell means it is... That that, that bell means that the Argosy has pulled in, and it has brought us a bunch of mail, Mr. Apps. Has it now? Yeah, that's right. This is where we answer your questions, your tweets, and all that other fun stuff. Uh, basically, Twitter's probably the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, I'm at JC Servant. Uh, Mr. Wheels is at Ask. Uh, that will come up again at the end of the show if you didn't get a chance to write that down. But you can you can you can hit us up on Twitter, sending your questions. We will be happy to answer them on the air. Right? Yes, I'm well well versed in answering questions, Mr. Apps. One of the first questions I have here says, "What is your favorite weapon and why?" Ooh, that is a delicious question. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Gunlance, and that's partially because this is the the weapon that finally got me into the series. Um, I believe with Monster Hunter Freedom Unite, um, and it's really because it's a good combination of defense and offense. Like some of the problems I had with some of the earlier games was like trying to use like uh, the great sword, which is really slow. You can block, but um, it's, it's just really hard to get any kind of, uh, especially for someone new to these kinds of games, any kind of like good sustained offense, just because, well, you know, it's a giant sword that you have to time attacks with extremely carefully uh oh yeah by the time by the time you hit the attack button and your sword finally comes down a fast monster is already on the other side of the board and about to jump on you from behind yep uh so the gun lance was really what did it for me so it's it's got quick strikes quicker probably even than the regular lance um it can fire off shells including a special um charge up shot that you can use intermittently and, you know, I just found I was able to get enough offense to kind of get going and get far into that game. And, you know, away I went. So uh, that was really the weapon for me. And I th- I still think it's a really good beginner's weapon because of that defense. Um, and I, 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 whenever anyone's asking for, like, a weapon to start off with, I always go with that one. Yeah, I'm really surprised more new players aren't moving to something with the shield, as I kind of alluded to earlier, because yeah. I don't know how you guys do it, but <laughs> I just, I'm playing Monster Hunter 4. You better believe it, I'm using the charge blade uh, yeah. with, with the auto defend option, no less. Yeah, auto I think guard. The- I think the insect lave was the first time I really embraced a weapon without a block, and part of that is just because that thing is like super mobile, so you can. It, it's a lot easier to kind of give up that defensive aspect. 
There you go. So so it's funny. That makes a great segue because my answer to that question would be the inset glaive. Nice. While, while I certainly appreciate weapons uh, with shields, and that's what kind of got me in, like you said. Uh, the charge blade was just awesome, and it's still my go-to in Monster Hunter 4. Uh, I really feel like with Monster Hunter World, all the weapons receive some TLC, but the inset glaive is just a different beast in monster hunter world it is it feels to me it is fully coming to its own uh it is just so much fun to just be up in the air dancing around the monster uh just like a like an insect that it simply can't get rid of it does have the maintenance of maintaining the buffs with the insect so the insect glaive has uh an insect that's on your arm and you direct it to attack the monster different insects can do different things like leave in monster hunter world anyways they can leave like healing clouds or bomb bursting clouds that when you strike it with your weapon has various effects like healing you or damaging the enemy or such uh but when you call that insect back depending on what monster or part of the monster it's hit it gives you a red uh white or orange buff with your attack or your defense or whatever uh stamina, stamina yeah uh, it's, oh, and your jumping height and all kinds of stuff. And when you get all three going, you're basically Superman. And yeah, so, it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and uh, yeah, at the very least, you want red, but usually try to get all of them. And learning the monsters and where you can get each of those colors from each of the different monsters is part of the fun. It, again, it, I would not recommend this to a beginner. makes it a bit micromanagey. Uh, but for somebody who's looking for a step up or something more advanced, uh, it can certainly do that. Uh, at the same time, there's a nuance there because while it's very tempting to always be up in the air trying to mount the monster, spinning all around, the reality is that your best DPS comes from you know when you're on the ground doing your combos, which are the combos in and of themselves with the red buff are very easy to pull off. Uh, so, but of course, when you're sitting on the ground, staying still, that's also when you're the most vulnerable. So you have to, you have to kind of weigh, you know, when do you go on the offense versus the defense, you know, with a lance, I might put up a shield and wait for the monster attack and then go poke, poke, poke. But with the insect glaive, you know, I'll just spend more time in the air when I feel like a monster's or something. And then when he's calmed down, he's exhausted. I'll stick more to the ground, try to chop off his tail. So... Uh, I feel like that that weapon has a lot of depth to it and a lot to master to get it right. Yeah. So that's my pick. Let's see here. We have a couple of other questions or apps. And this one asks, why is this thing so hard? And it has a link <laughs> to something called a purple Gypiseros. <laughs> my what this would, at? I, what, what, would, what would your answer to that question be? Um, because... Um... It blinds you all the time. All the time. Like, you feel like there should be, like, a sunglasses piece of equipment that just protects you from that blinding? Uh, yeah. I will will say, it feels to me that in Monster Hunter 4, there was a greater pressure to have different sets of armor that dealt with different status ailments. Whereas with Monster Hunter World, I kind of felt like... I didn't really need anti-poison, anti-you know type of armor. I did, I did do some element, elemental fire resistance armor, and for Kieran, electric armor because Kieran's such a. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm trying to keep this PG, but uh, <laughs> but in Monster Hunter Four, I, I definitely felt like yeah, because part of the reason is, you know, this came up on another podcast I listened to, so I'm actually need a little sidetrack here. I, there apparently there's a debate going on online on whether or not with Monster Hunter World, as you know, Mike, you can go back to your tent anytime and restock your item. Whereas in sure. the older Monster Hunters, that's not an option. What you right. take into the field is what you got. So people were complaining that that, that move with Monster Hunter World might have taken away from the game or whatever. 
and because it fundamentally changes things. And the people who were doing that podcast were like, eh, you know what? I hardly ever do it. It doesn't change anything. You guys are a bunch of whiners. <laughs> so aside from the fact that I felt it was a little dismissive, here's, here's my point. Here's my view. And then you can tell me you. My sure. view on this is, um, of course, what other people do in their Monster Hunter exploits doesn't impact me personally. So I'm not thinking about how other people so much. However... I can tell you for a fact that in playing Monster Hunter 4, I felt much more pressure to be properly prepared for the monster, knowing that I did not have that fallback option. I had to check and double check before fighting a new monster or a really tough monster that I had enough antidote, or maybe I went out and farmed that anti-poison armor. Because Monster Hunter 4 wasn't going to hold my hand or anything along those lines, and I couldn't go back and restock on the way, so I could literally lose 30 minutes of, of time put in if I just didn't take that step of probably preparing. It, with Monster Hunter World, you can go back, you can switch out, you can switch out your armor, you switch out your weapons, you can you can restock on your items. And I, maybe those guys on the other podcasts are just so much better than me, but in Monster Hunter World, I did use that. <laughs> numerous times because i ran out of ancient potions or i ran out of high potions on nergigante or whatever have you what was interesting was i had a friend who's a new player and he was fighting nergigante and i found out he didn't have really great armor and he got past nergigante i'm like how did you do that and he's like well every phase of nergigante i went back and restocked i was also <laughs> yeah so i'd go back and restock and so i always had all these you know i was always buffed up and pumped up with potions and everything else uh, and, and of course, Monster Hunter 4 doesn't let you do that. So you will hit that brick wall. You will not progress until you go up and gear up or you get good. You can't just item your ruin. So my take is, right. yes, it does. I'm not saying it completely shakes the foundation of Monster Hunter. My opinion is, yes, it does significantly the, uh, change the approach of a significant portion of the player base towards the tougher monsters. What's your take on it, Adam? Uh, I think Monster Hunter 4 and the other ones were not perfect because it was pretty annoying. If you forget something, you have to go cancel all the mission and go set everything up all over again just because, oh, I forgot a trap tool or I forgot to restock um, mega potions or something. Um, so I I do really like that convenience. Um, as far as being able to like completely restock on everything, uh, not really a fan. I do think it kind of... Uh, cuts down on the difficulty a bit. Uh, I'm sure there's like a happy medium they could find, um, you know, to 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 you know add some convenience, but not maybe cut down on the difficulty a lot. And cool. it doesn't cut down completely because I mean, if you lose enough times, you fail the mission anyway. Great, you know, even if you were stocked up on potions the whole time. Well, one of the things that they said was, you know, if something about what they lost, they would get hit one time and they would just, you know, then they would get three card and it's over. So it didn't matter. They could go back and get more healing potion. And, and you know what? It, so so if you're completely undergeared for a monster, I agree. Your items aren't going to help you out if you're completely right. undergeared. Uh, if you're completely overgeared, there's never going to be a reason to go back and take a look at your box. You can right. you can take Great Jaggy even if you forgot to bring anything. Great Jaggy's going down. Because you vote, you're way overgeared. Um, I, I don't even sweat Anjanath anymore. If I forgot to gear up for Anjanath, who cares? He's going down. But there is that zone in there where, um, and that's supposed to be the balance zone, right? Where a monster can hit you two, maybe three times before you cart. Yeah. At, with his harder attacks. And those are the ones where you can you can usually roll away, run around a corner, drink a potion, get back into the fight. And but the you know in Monster Hunter Four, I would run into another zone. But in Monster Hunter Four, when I was running out of potions, that put extra tension on the fight because I'm like shuck buckles. 
I'm going to die. I'm, I'm out of potions. Here's the nerf, I think, going back to the convenience thing for a minute. I think that they had to put that into it. And the reason yeah. why is the loading times are so egregious in, yeah. in Monster Hunter World. If you go into an admission and realize you've, you, you're you on the wrong mission, it takes a whole other minute to load back into town. And you wasted a whole minute loading into it. Whereas with Monster Hunter 4, uh, there's been the time where I've forgotten whatever have you. I just hit abandoned quest. There is that 20 seconds of my character lamenting their loss. <laughs> as it says quest abandoned it sounds really sad <laughs> that takes longer than the loading time does because the loading time is so quick i get back and get what i want take the quest up again go back uh last question we have for today mr apps can you share some beginner tips sure that's kind of uh, broad they don't say whether it's world or four so you do tips for four and i'll do tips for world how's that or do you want to reverse it no that sounds good okay uh, so for I think the the first thing to do is um, I believe at the beginning of the game it lets you gives you the option to skip the tutorials. Do not try the tutorials for each and every weapon, each and every weapon, even ones you don't think you will like, because uh, the first thing you will find out with Monster Hunter is all the weapons play very differently. Like, some are, like, night and day different. Even ones you would think are similar. Like, you look, oh, here's a sword and shield, and here's another sword and shield, but it turns to an axe. They're similar, right? Eh, no. No, not really. Not really at all. Uh, so it is important to mess around with each of them and to find out which one you like. And the next step is um, to always stock enough healing items. Uh, you're not going to have a lot of money to begin with, so you just want to get the basic herbs but eventually you're always going to want to have 10 herbs and 10 potions yes even later on you're going to want to have 10 herbs and 10 potions because uh trust me when you're doing some really hard missions and getting your butt kicked you're going to want all the healing you can get uh the next next important thing is you will notice in uh, some of the places that sell items you can get like combo books and i believe like uh, it's like mon uh, information on different monsters. You definitely want to buy the combo books because I believe they like show up, show, um, reveal in the list of item combinations what's what. Whereas otherwise, well, and it, they they definitely improve your combination success rate as well. Yeah, that too. But otherwise, it'll you'll just see a bunch of question marks and whether or not you have enough items to make question mark. Uh, so those are important to get. You don't really need the, the the like the tips for hunting monsters because we have the internet and the internet is your friend in this instance. So don't waste your hard-earned uh, monster hunting money on those. Um, and then. The next thing is kind of just going through uh, the various quests. I'd say for a new for so for experienced players, I would always say look for what the key quests are and just only do those to save yourself some time. For a new player, I would say kind of just do all of them. Um, that way, you kind of have a slower a slower path through the game that gives you more more of a chance to learn. Um, so once you have your weapon, you're going to want to start looking at. Um, uh, newer weapons and obviously newer armor to make. Um, and I think in kind of an easy way to do that is just pick pick a monster that you are good at fighting and kind of just make weapons and or armor from that just as an upgrade and kind of go from there. Um, even if you're going to be fighting monsters where uh, that kind of armor isn't necessarily going to help. It's, it's just important to improve like the base armor stat and you can worry about some of the other stuff later. And, you know, just kind of go from there progressively 
increase your armor, increase your weapons, and you know if you ever hit a wall where if something feels too hard, that's probably a time to go back and build up newer armor. Uh, maybe get some gems to equip different skills on the armor, or build a different set with different weaknesses and strengths. Uh, and the game really does provide a lot of information for you if you look at the various screens on you know what armor is weak to what, what skills it has built in, and obviously when you're putting gems into the armor, what skills are there. One of the most confusing things with the skill aspect of the armor is it'll it'll just kind of just show like you know, say fire resistance plus or fire minus and the important thing to remember is you have to reach a certain threshold of like plus or minus for the skills to actually be active i believe it says something somewhere on those screens when it actually is active but you can't yeah, just it's usually you can't, 10 or negative 10 yeah you can't just like equip only like a, a rathian helmet to get some fire resistance it doesn't work like that you'll probably need the full set or um you know, a bunch of fire resistance gems or something like that. So take it slow, build things up slowly. Uh, but yeah, I think really the first and most important thing is to figure out which weapons, weapon or weapons, it's fine to um, have multiple weapons you use because you're going to want to build uh, weapons with different element types to fight different monsters. So, you know, if you find more than one that you like, you know, that's fine. Just build, because you're going to want to build a bunch of different weapons as you go along in the game. And so, but yeah, um, I know you want to get right into killing the giant monsters, but it's important to figure out what tool you're going to use to do so. So, don't skip out on that. Yeah, and the advice is a little bit similar for Monster Hunter uh, World. There's more quality of life improvements in that game, but uh, like the principles are still the same. They'll get you into fighting the monsters faster, uh, and that can be a little bit tempting to because there's no longer specific uh, assigned quests to go and pick herbs or mushrooms. They're more of the side investigation things, and I find that a lot of players ignore the. Um, I'm sorry, they're what are they called? Not investigations, but um, ugh. Ugh, it's totally left my head. It's where you go and talk to the scientists, and they basically give you a side quest to pick up these mushrooms, but it's not your focus. It's more like a side quest. That you... Like gathering quests? Yeah, the bi- the biology guys. It's on the tip. Bounties, bounties. It's bounties, go. right. You want to get familiar with the bounty system early. It does two things for you. Number one, it encourages you to slow down or gather honeys and things like that, which is going to help get your supplies up in the early game where you don't have the, the tree spouting extra you know mushrooms out every every mission that's very very helpful and then number two it's good they they reward you with armor sphere which can be used to upgrade your armor and make it tougher so i i know going out and hunting a monster is super exciting and you'll get to that but you want to make sure you pay attention to those bounties all the way through um along with what mr app said definitely try the weapons uh unlike monster hunter 4 there's not specific quests just to try out each weapon uh however you can talk to your uh, housekeeping palico in your room and it will let you go to a place where you can practice different weapons use that and my my recommendation for for players is pick a pick a two melee weapons that i mean that you like the most and with one of them being a, a shield you know, like a lance, a gun lance, uh, the sword and shield, or the charge blade. So pick one weapon that has a shield mechanic. Pick another weapon that's just all melee, twin blades, insect glaive, whatever, great sword, whatnot. And then pick a range weapon. And range weapons are really great for certain monsters, <laughs> basically, 
And also, um, also when you're with groups, it's always nice to have a range person or two so we're not all tripping over each other in a group. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, just saying, boys and girls, doesn't hurt to be the person who takes the range weapon. So I, so for, for me, a Monster Hunter world, it's the lance, the insect glaive, and the bow, the regular bow, uh, are my three weapons. And then that also gives me, uh, as I level those guys up, I have plenty of elemental options, and I have different ways to approach a monster if he is giving me a, a super hard time. Uh, or I'm just trying to work on my time to kill him. Maybe another weapon to, that isn't my main weapon actually kills him faster than 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 not. So, uh, yeah. The the third thing I would say is investigations in Monster Hunter World is kind of where it's at. It's a little bit of a departure from the previous games, where after as you're going through the story, you open up investigations that are just basically missions to go out and kill a monster, but they give you extra pieces. They'll have copper boxes on gold boxes and whatnot. Now, the reason why these things are important, in my opinion, aside from adding some variety to the game, is is they're a great way to farm Zinni. I can't tell you how many new players I've talked with that are always like, oh, I have empty pockets. They're like the poor people begging on the street <laughs> corners because they haven't never have enough Zinni. I've got millions of Zinni, okay? And, and and the reason the reason why is investigations. Some of the investigations, as you look through them, as you're selecting and keeping certain missions, because they'll pop up all the time, and you got to pick which ones you want to keep. Some of them will have arrows near the zinni or near the reward, meaning that the reward for that creature is particularly high. You can just compare it with all the other missions and just see if it looks high. If it's high, save it. Every day you get a voucher that doubles the gold reward on a mission. Those are the ones you want to use that on. If you do that, once a day, you just pick your highest Zinni mission from the 250 that you have up in your queue, and you just pick the highest Zinni one. You apply, assuming, you know, it's going to be easy enough for you to beat and not get carded. You apply a voucher on it. Make sure you you eat well, you bring some defensive buffs with you, that you really are going to own it. Because if you die, you get carded. You lose a third of the of the purse. So you don't want to die. This is not; these aren't the missions you want to die in. But it, if you do it right, that it is just money coming out of the sky, and there's no reason to be short on Zinni. And later on in the game, even if you don't think you need it now, later on in the game where the upgrades cost you five digits, six digits, you'll be glad you did. So that's tips in a bucket. Uh, good tips. Good tips. You can uh, you can you again you can hit us up on Twitter. Uh, our email addresses are over on the staff section, rpgamer.com as well, if you rather do the old email route. But send us your questions, and, and we'd be happy to get them on to the next show. So, we're right back. So that little bit of music, those of you who played Monster Hunter World will recognize that from when you are eating at the canteen in Monster Hunter World. This is the canteen segment where we just kind of wrap things up and talk about what's on next. Mr. Apps, what are you working on? Uh, so I recently found an app uh, for my Android tablet that is basically an encyclopedia for Monster Hunter Generations. Oh, wow. Um, which is handy when you're playing Monster Hunter Double X, the Japan-only updated version of it, uh, as it gives you kind of an easy resource to flip through and find out kind of what's what. Uh, so I'm going to start using that to um, play more of that game and uh, hopefully get farther into it. 
and yeah, it's it seems like it's going to be a great resource. Um, I think before I kind of would just fumble my way through, like, okay, I recognize this monster icon, I recognize these materials here. Um, but I mean, even if I were only playing the English version, I think it's a great resource for kind of looking at the weapon trees, um, seeing where they lead to, and um, figuring out kind of where where I want to go with things. So. Uh, I think it's going to end up being a really good resource. Yeah, those things are are super helpful in those games. I guess that was another tip we both could have put out. Get familiar with wikis and websites because there's so much going on in Monster Hunter. And Monster Hunter World is the most friendly. It lets you see the whole trees ahead of time and everything. And yet there's still stuff it doesn't tell you. I still occasionally am like, wait a minute, if I want to go down this tree, what items or what monster parts am I going to need to get down there? But they're grayed out because I haven't got the preceding, you know, uh, gears before it. So... Uh, there's secrets, there's tips, there's all kinds of stuff that the game doesn't explain. And then when you go back to the older games, oh my gosh, yeah, you will want something like that. So that sounds awesome. Yeah, and there was also one for Forest. I downloaded that as well. So, Well, I'm working on my five-star quest in Monster Hunter 4. Uh, I got an urgent quest opened up, but I wanted to finish up the other five-star quest first, just to see what different armors I can make, all the new monsters that, that were being introduced. And then somewhere along the way, it, you know, some storyline happened, big temple, big monster, roar, and it's now giving me my six-star urgent quest. And I'm like, ah. six-star urgent quest? I haven't, I haven't even opened up six-star quest yet. So I understand that that, is, that that boss represents the end of low rank. Yes, it does. And just, to, I mean, you know, just monster, just to say how much more meat Monster Hunter 4 seems to have on uh, is I'm 75 hours in. And I still feel like I got a bit of way to go before I would challenge that urgent boss or whatever to finish off. Because uh, I would need to do the rest of my five-star and my six-star missions. And, and, and at some point, I probably would want to gear up you know, for it. So I'm thinking another dozen, two dozen hours. So maybe 100 hours. In 100 hours in the Monster Hunter world, I was done with high rank. <laughs> so, now, part of that is the quality of life you know improvement in monster hunter world you know it's much faster to pick things up it's much faster to combine stuff there's a little less you know of that going on but uh i think the other part is there's there's just so uh, so many monsters in monster hunter 4 ultimate it's Uh, called ultimate for a reason it's like the rogues gallery of monsters yeah but the that boss at the end of uh low rank is pretty sweet and a nice cap off to the story in the single player nice now is there a story in high rank um, it seems like there's some light story, but it's not as like it's not as laser focused as it is in low rank. It's more just like there's some other stuff going on, then you gotta take care of it. Uh but you still got the the quest master calling you doodle, so there's that. There you go. Oh my gosh, she's so funny. She is. So freaking funny. She makes Monster Hunter Four purchase alone worth it. Uh and then I'm I've been dab- I'm still dabbling in three here and there, like we did that big cotton ball the other day which was super fun uh going back and playing that on my wii u just super exciting uh, i also get a kick out of playing the 3ds version uh working up an armor set and then you know sending it over to my wii u and seeing that same seeing my character decked in their new armor set in in high res so yeah, i mean so it's just so cool it's just so awesome and monster hunter 4 ultimate looks gorgeous but it is ultimately locked into that 240 resolution yeah that was uh one of the appeals of importing monster hunter double x as well for me is uh can swap my save between the switch and my japanese 3ds there you go yeah 
So uh, cool. Well, that's our that's our first show. I hope you all have enjoyed uh, this first chapter of our journey through Monster Hunter games. Like I said, uh, we'll be doing this for a finite period of time. We'll be happy to hear your questions. We'd love to answer them as we share our journeys through. As Mr. Apps and I basically have uh, an informal agreement that we're going to continue to push through to get to G rank on Monster Hunter for Ultimate. And being that I'm still in low rank, I got a long ways to go. Uh, oh, we're we're gonna get there, and we're gonna finish it, sir. We're gonna finish it. So, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of journey to go on there. But uh, but in the meantime, we'd love to hear your stories. We'd love to share some of your letters here online. Love to hear your questions and answer them as well. So, uh, listen for the little little uh, outro announcer at the end. He'll give you that uh, all that stuff over again. Uh, and hit us up at rpgamer.com. And uh, anything uh, anything else you can think up to say before we head to bed, Mister Apps? Uh, I think that's it. Just play more Monster Hunter, people. The Hunt. Stories from Monster Hunter is a production of RPGamer.com. Your source for RPG news, reviews, podcasts, and more. Leave your comments on our forums or hit us up at Twitter. You can reach out to Phil at JC Servant and Michael Apps at Ask Wheels. Let us know what you think and help shape our future shows. When you got a craving to turn monsters into fashionable gear, come back and join us on The Hunt. Stories from Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter.